This is Sci-Fi Talk, the podcast on how sci-fi, fantasy, horror, and comics help us explore humanity. Trek Tuesday today has a very interesting guest. He's appeared in 12 Monkeys, and that's a clue. He's also done the voice of the Cowardly Lion in an animated special, two animated specials, I might add, with Tom and Jerry, which is pretty cool. And he is Todd Stashwick. Of course, he is Captain Liam Shaw in Star Trek Picard and killing it, as I said, during the course of the interview. Let's go to it. Tony, hello. Hey, Todd, great to talk. Great to talk. For a second there, I thought you were Robert Picardo. (laughs) We have the same head, (laughs) let's put it that way. You guys look a lot alike. Do we really? Yeah. That's cool. And dress similarly. Oh, do we? This is my uh, interview here. I get it. And this is mine. I love it. Stevie Nicks, I know you saw her in concert recently, so that was I did. Yeah, yeah, fantastic. Liam Shaw, he's easily my favorite dipshit from Chicago. No doubt about it. Mine too. Yeah. As far as developing him, did Terry have everything really mapped out, or did you kind of have an input as to what you could add to the character a little bit? Well, what I add is the performance. They you know, I am the singer, they are the composer. In terms of who he was on on the page that was all there his backstory that was all there his command style that was all there even his sort of snarky sense of humor was all on the page now i come in when i interpret it when i give it voice uh when i give it thoughts and i give it images and i give it performance so yeah i mean it's it it takes uh it takes a team to make a character and i am just one component of that team There's more sci-fi talk, so stay tuned. Hi, I have 10 copies of Star Trek Strange New Worlds, which is now available on Blu-ray, and that's what you would get, the Blu-ray. It's also on DVD and limited edition Blu-ray Steelbook. You can experience every episode like never before, with 100 minutes of special features, including exclusive cast and crew interviews, a gag reel, deleted scenes, and much more. Own the Emmy-nominated first season of Star Trek Strange New Worlds from CBS Paramount Home Entertainment today. Limited edition 4K UHD steelbook available for pre-order. And to order, get your free copy of Star Trek Strange New Worlds Blu-ray from me, Tony Tolato. All you have to do is go to sendfox.com forward slash Tony Tolato. And that's T-E-L-L-A-D as in David O. Enter your first name, your email, and the address. And the company I'm working with will automatically mail out your copy. DVDs are already in and available waiting for you. So join, sign up, and get your free copy. You know, because of what happened to him in the past, I kind of understand the way he is. Yep. Uh, uh, you know, talk about that aspect of him, how really Wolf, the whole incident at Wolf 359 really makes it clear why he does what he does, like not leaping into danger right away kind of thing. Exactly. And so so, so you answered that as good as I will. Um, it formed his command style. It informed uh, his his ethos as to his need to keep everybody alive to need to not uh to be more thoughtful in your decisions he doesn't he may make a decision quickly once he's given all the information he doesn't 
stew and stew and stew, but he needs as much information before he will. He doesn't want to ever go off half cocked. He doesn't want to be a space cowboy and put his crew unnecessarily in danger. He wants to go give me all the facts and then I will make the best decision. And I think it also, you know, colors his view of people who have been directly engaged with Borg or have Ben Borg. I think this is this is something that's a big part of who he is. It's it, it can't help but be because it was they were responsible for the worst day of his life. As as far as his first officer, obviously seven. He he respects her, but obviously at first he's a little taken back because she was a Borg. Yeah. Talk about that a little bit. I think you know in my head canon as a as a character building my character. I think. He chose Seven uh, many reasons. He chose her because he needs to get control of that fear in his life, as opposed to constantly running from Borg. I think he needs to control it and, and clearly sometimes over control it. Uh, so by, by having her as a commanding officer, he's confronting his own internal fears and weaknesses, but also then going, all right, I got to get a hold of this. And maybe this is why he's a little more domineering over her because there's a therapeutic nature to it. The other thing is he recognizes how brilliant she is, how he needs her to be impulsive. He needs her to shoot from the hip uh, because he needs that dissenting opinion on the bridge. You know? I think what's cool is the fact that he came from engineering, which is something we don't see a lot of in Star Trek. Yeah. Uh, and I thought that was a really nice touch. Yeah. And yeah, to speak about that aspect of it. And I think that yeah. kind of also plays into his uh you know being meticulous about details. Well he has a he has a blue collar grace to him. Yeah. Uh he is I mean, this is what I grew up with. My father fixed machines uh, from Chicago. Um so there's a lot to pull from. I, I knew a lot of these guys, these these smart, curious men. Uh, and women who like to, uh, they very much want to get their hands on the thing to fix it. Uh, they see its component parts, they look at all the problems, and then they decide, well, this is how you fix that. And so he's a fixer. He also is blunt, and he says what he's he's thinking, uh, whether it's unfortunately caustic at times. As he says, I've substituted, uh, sub asshole became a substitute for charm. He's grown, he's grown cynical and curmudgeonly through the years. I think, you know, before the events of Wolf 359, he was probably a wide-eyed optimist, if not still wry kid from Chicago. But uh, I think his his blue-collar grace is what um, is what sets him apart from other captains we've seen in Star Trek. We'll have more with Todd Stashwick talking about playing Liam Shaw and what makes up the character. And there's some Wizard of Oz reminiscing coming up, too. I think the part of the speech that he gives, and so cool he was named after Robert Shaw, which is fitting for that speech. But the part that gets to me is when he says, they were all my Jack Crushers. And uh, and then the, cap the uh, captain or first officer has to choose the people that survive. And uh, it was like, wow, that really hit home. And yeah, it's uh, band of brothers, right? Yeah, um, yeah. They're serving on a military vessel and especially when you're young and in the in the the belly of the ship with these guys you know it's yeah. you, you build that camaraderie as you are uh as you are going through 
your military career. And so, yeah, it's, it's big. It's big. And one of the most humbling things that has happened to me is, is vets have reached out to me uh, online to tell me that they, they connected with Shaw and his survivor's guilt and his PTSD and, and his, the things he's been through. And like, I'm deeply, deeply honored and humbled that, that somehow my performance on Star Trek uh, connected on a very cathartic personal level to these people. Speaking of our country, yeah, and I honor them. Yeah, absolutely. And speaking of connections, you certainly have had that with the fans. There is a lot of memes going around where somebody says something and then there's no. Shaw saying, no. no. <laughs> I mean, what's that like? To, I mean, to have this. I mean, you've been you know, it's, it here, here, here's the irony. Uh, I did an episode of Supernatural. And the, the, the one big gift that came out of that is also me saying no as Dracula. And so there's a meme of me going no as Dracula. And now there's a meme of me as Shaw going no. So that seems to be uh, my wheelhouse at this point. Which is ironic because as an improviser, we're taught to say yes and yes and. So the fact that I'm famous for the word no now twice uh, is... Uh, is the universe being tricky? And a lot of fans are asking for a a Titan spinoff with Shaw and Seven. That's very I mean, very humbling. Yeah, what's that? I mean? Uh, that's, that's amazing that just on a few episodes, people just connected with this guy. It's really amazing. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's you know it's it's far more than I ever could uh, hope for or, or expect. Um, you know, I've said this in other interviews, but uh, I am Aragorn and they have my sword. So uh, if Star Trek, if Star Trek calls uh, again, uh, I will be there for them. If all I ever get for my legacy in Star Trek is having done Enterprise and having done season three of Picard, I'm a happy, happy nerd. Mm -hmm. You know, you're obviously on 12 Monkeys and that's where you knew Terry. Yep. And uh, Aaron's already been a Ferengi on the show. Yes. Uh, which is really cool. Um, what was that experience like looking back at that now? Obviously, it led to this a little bit. So it's not a, I mean, pretty what, was, what was 12 Monkeys like? Yeah. Life-changing. Life Life-changing. I mean, it, it, it built me friends for the rest of my life, which is the first and foremost thing. Uh, it took me to Prague twice. It's taken me to Comic-Cons and interacting with fans. And it's... It's given me the opportunity to be part of a show that I find is some of the finest science fiction television ever made. Um, and so as, as, a, as a deep nerd boy, uh, to be on a show that I would watch anyway, even if I wasn't on it, is thrilling. We told great stories and I got to play a character which was, had a profound arc from where you met him to where, where he ends up. Uh, I can say, uh, in the words of Deacon, and I would do it again. This I know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I've covered it since the beginning, and I was at the last roundtable in San Diego when Fun. the show ended, and uh, last person I said goodbye to was Emily Hampshire leaving the room, oh, so that was kind of Love cool. me some M. Oh, great, great cast. I mean, it's, more, it's not goodbye. It's see you soon. Yeah, absolutely. People might not know this, but you actually... And you actually did the voice of the Cowardly Lion in 
in, in you know in a, in a movie where Tom and Jerry going back to Oz. Yes. And you got to sing the song that was cut out of the movie originally, the Jitterbug. Jitterbug. Yes, I yeah. did. Puruma, puruma. It was uh, <laughs> what a treat. What a treat. And I think I, in the sequel, I got to do a duet with Andrea Martin. Uh, okay. We weren't in the same room, but uh, it was cool to listen to her her playback. And she's Second City as well, uh, yeah. like myself. Um, it, uh, yeah, that was a treat. Like, I love animation and uh, the chance to do an iconic role in an iconic franchise once again. Uh, like, not only was it Tom and Jerry, which I grew up watching. It was Wizard of Oz, which I grew up watching and loving the Cowardly Lion and imitating the Cowardly Lion since I was a boy. And then uh, somebody pulled my tail. Um, <laughs> uh, that was just an absolute uh, bucket list moment as well. My life is filled with buckets and they keep getting filled. Oh, that's fantastic. Is there anything that's coming up for you? Right now? I uh, have some episodes of an Apple TV show called The Last Thing He Told Me with Jennifer Garner, produced by okay. Reese Witherspoon. Uh, and I'm currently writing on um, a uh, Skydance uh, new media game, uh, Captain America Black Panther game for Marvel. Uh, and then I'm running my website, uh, thenerdcircus.com, where I sell my groovy wares and nerdy paraphernalia and play a lot of DD. I'm going to Gary Khan uh, in a couple weeks to play some Dungeons and Dragons with some fellow uh, gamers. That sounds fantastic. Great to talk to you. You're killing it in this role. Love you. And thanks, Tony. As well. And thanks, I mean, Tony. you're a terrific actor and Cheers. Uh, one of Chicago's best. Thank you. <laughs> All right. Take care. Cheers. Bye bye now. Bye. Star Trek Picard is available on Paramount+. Plus. I've seen the first six episodes, and boy, they were fantastic. What's coming up in episode six, there's a couple of surprises in that one I think you'll appreciate. There's already been a few surprises as the series has gone on as well. So until the very next Sci-Fi Talk, this is Tony Talato. Until then. Season one of Star Trek Strange New Worlds is now on Blu-ray. DVD and a limited edition Blu-ray steelbook. Experience every episode like never before with over a hundred minutes of special features, including exclusive cast and crew interviews, a gag reel, which is always a lot of fun, deleted scenes, and more. Own the Emmy-nominated first season of Star Trek Strange New Worlds from CBS and Paramount Home Entertainment today. There's a limited edition 4K UHD steelbook available for pre-order. Additionally, I'm giving away 10 copies of the Blu-ray edition. All you need to do is go to sendfox.com forward slash Tony Tolado. That's T-E-L-L-A-D-O for my last name. Enter your name, your email, and your address. And the company that I'm working with will send you your copy of the DVD. Just one per winner, but definitely worth having. Star Trek Strange New World and that Blu-ray quality, and it's all the episodes plus the special features. So sign up now. Sendfox.com forward slash Tony Talata.